Welcome to Knitter Square. I'm your host, Leanne Hunt, and I hope you'll pick up your knitting and spend the next little while with me as we share that warm, fuzzy feeling that comes when we knit and crochet for charity. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 12 of season 2 of the Knitter Square podcast. This week's episode is going to be a really jam-packed one. I've got a juicy interview with Athelay for you. Uh, She's one of our volunteers on the ground in South Africa. And she's going to be telling us about three distributions that she did recently. That was just before our president announced level four lockdown restrictions again, making it impossible for us to do distributions because you're not not able to uh, hold any more gatherings. And I'm not sure how that will, how long that will last, but we are certainly in a, the peak of um, infections here in Gauteng. Um, it's very concerning, but we are managing and doing our best to, to contend with the, the, the disruption, I should say. Anyway, Athele makes a really good uh, interview guest. She's very graphic in her descriptions, and um, I think you're going to enjoy her account of the three uh, distributions that she she and Estelle did together. Uh, just to uh, be aware, it was a very relaxed chat, so there's some uh, noise happening in the background, uh, and um, you can hear the birds in her garden and my dog making the odd little uh, noise as he got up to to bark. <laughs> anyway, but but um, it was well worth keeping all the content uh, and just because it is so, she describes it so well. So that's all from me. I'm not going to come back at the end of the episode. I'll just uh, go straight to the interview and uh, we'll meet again in two weeks time. So enjoy listening. Hello, Ath. How are you this morning? morning uh, Leanne darling and to anybody who's listening in on us maybe it's night time there by then now so greetings one <laughs> and all yes it's a uh, suitably uh, chilly and cold enough especially down here in my valley mm-hmm. to, for, to let me know that definitely time to get winter blankets or blankets whatever we can get and winter warming things to the kiddies you've been through some upheavals lately haven't you personally oh gosh (laughs) yes yes so so if i'm uh, slightly uh uh, less uh uh, yeah you see if i'm uh, 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 erring that's because yes there has been a lot on my mind i have had an unusual level of of um, challenges but nothing that uh, affects life and limbs so um it's all good and and i'm getting there but thanks for asking I'm very pleased to report I got my first of the two Pfizer's about four weeks ago, yeah. as did Estelle. Yes. So my son was explaining to me that because we're like three weeks in, we know, um, actually it's four weeks ago today that I got mine and Estelle got hers a little bit before that. We haven't had our second one, of course, but my son was saying, Mom, don't be, you know, don't get cavalier now and get casual, but just at least... Um, that if he knows how careful I am but yes. if by chance uh, you know you contracted it he said 
because it's more than three weeks now since the first vaccination, your life maybe wouldn't be as threatened perhaps as previously. Okay, yeah. yeah, so I'm chuffed about that. That's and so I mean, busy. Estelle and I, as regards COVID and, and Little Square, um, we were under, got to say, a lot of pressure for both of us from our family and loved ones or mm. those who love us uh, to not do the distribution that we did last Thursday mm. uh, at Lion Park, which is our second distribution at Lion Park. Um, but, um, you know, really uh, from just a, the way I go about it is let's not lose our intelligence along with many of our freedoms and other things that we yeah, had um, so really what I did about that is um, I got hold of, of of the people we're working with and said we need more volunteers than last time mm -hmm. we don't want to stand under the little roof we want as much air circulating as possible you have to social distance with us uh, no mask no blanket Right. Uh, yeah. So, you know, we did the very best that we could with that. So, mm -hmm. we, you know, we had our masks. We were outdoors. We weren't touching the children. We weren't touching the other volunteers. Mm -hmm. We missed that. Oh, There's no, there was nothing that we loved more yeah. than to tuck that blanket around. And Estelle, I know she loves, she's so darling with the, putting the little hand warmers on, the little beanies <laughs> and... Yeah. snuggling them up in a little blanket and pressing that you know toy into their hands it's just such a lovely moment well yes. all of that stopped from you know march last year yeah. and that's okay we'll get back there one day mm -hmm. so mm. right okay then so um let's get to that lion park distribution that you did maybe you can sort of tell us a little bit about the the previous one in summary and then, okay. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I don't, maybe because we haven't chatted uh, t of late, I should tell you about both of the distributions that Estelle and I have done so far this winter. Well, it's it's three. Oh, but okay. One, yes. yeah, one into Hammond's Kraal, and another one into uh, another two into Lions Park, Lion Park. So, mm. shall I start with Hammond's Kraal? Yeah, by all means, yeah. Okay, so Hammond's Kraal, it's a lady called Lee, and she's got, oh gosh, a South African Relief Fund organization. Mm -hmm. Of it's something like that, okay? Mm -hmm. But her and her husband seem to be darling people, and if uh, Hammond's Kraal, are you familiar with where that is? No, and I think for our members oh. as well, give us a bit of a picture on the map, you okay. know, where it's located. So, so... The, the next city north to us would be Pretoria, and now with the highways and everything, that's like a maybe 40-minute drive, depending on where in Pretoria you're going. Mm -hmm. But now if you skirted the city of Pretoria from where we are in the northern suburbs of Johannesburg, mm -hmm. if you drove from the center of Johannesburg to the center of Pretoria, it used to be an hour mm -hmm. or 100 kilometers, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Anyway. An alcohol. Basically, <laughs> there's Pretoria. Yes. Okay. Uh, it's a big highway away from us, uh, north of us. And then if you skirt Pretoria and you take the big highway north to go up to Zimbabwe, uh -huh. and then unfortunately, here's where it gets terribly, terribly fuzzy because <laughs> Estelle and I and Google Maps were not 
connecting in any way, shape or form. And unfortunately, it did waste a, a, a considerable amount of time and money. And it became this, uh, this comedy, honestly, <laughs> a tragedy comedy, though, right? Because we kept going through the toll and paying the toll. And then maps telling us, no, we need to turn around and go back the other way. So then mm -hmm. you have to pay the toll to get back on the highway again. Yes. And then you have to pay a toll to get off at the next off ramp, which is where it tells you it is. And then when you get off that off ramp, then it tells you, no, you've got to yes. go back the other way again. <laughs> so we went backwards and forwards through the same toll. I think it was six times, I'm oh. embarrassed to say. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And wasted something like half an hour. Yes. So that was, I don't know what to say. Between the two of us, Google Maps and Miss Coms from our lovely, gracious hostess uh, who was doing it for us, Lee, yes. there we were, you know, we staggered in in a cloud of dust an hour late or something, but maybe not that much. But anyway, and then there was supposed to be 63 kitties. So I'll just tell you a little bit that I know. I heard about these people through... My Spanish dance teachers, mum, they go to a church. Mm -hmm. That church knows about and supports these people, the food and so on. These mm -hmm. people help all the people in their local community who um, are, yeah, all in, in, in serious need of help. Yes. It is. So now Haman's Kral would be about, let's say, 20 kilometers it's hard to say because, as I say, the wind goes through the tolls. It's so just beyond Pretoria, I assume. I can't really tell you where it is. But it's, yeah, past there, uh, past Pretoria, somewhere there. And it's in, you know, here in South Africa, we call it Maplota, which is like a plot of land that you could scrape a living off. Mm. And maybe, you know, you did a little bit of piecework somewhere else around there. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to back in the days since the Voortrekkers even came up and founded Pretoria, which is our capital, isn't it? And mm. one, yes. one of our seats of parliament, mm -hmm. it is. Anywho, so traditionally the people who are up there and it hasn't changed enormously, even in spite of all of this sort of whole land claim of migration that has happened so dramatically over the last, you know, 20 something years here. It is still largely white families. Yes. But, you know, back in the day before we dealt with stuff that was called politically correct, mm -hmm. you know, before we had to bother about politically correct. Mm -hmm. So when I was a child, we used to call people like that poor white. Yes. And they and they were struggling just as much as, you know, the poor blacks. Yeah. It's, it was all the same, absolutely. you know, for us. Mm -hmm. So now these people are still there and these are the children of those people. And so those who can follow it either you know on the forum or um they should see the pictures mm -hmm. i'll tell you why there hasn't been much in a minute but they will notice that most of it is white children right. and i don't know if we want to get into the politics but i do just want to say that it was kind of um i don't know weird and awkward and required a bunch of sort of sifting through our brains about all of that mm. essentially these are children who are seriously struggling yeah. and a community that is in desperate state, especially since COVID. Absolutely. 
because all their little bits and pieces of peace jobs. And testament to that was the fact that there were supposed to be 63 children. Okay. And we had carefully parceled 63 of our most gorgeous blankets, Ach, just because they all come from the people we know, yes. so we like to take those. You know, mm. it's how it works. And if you're going to give one gorgeous blanket, then you kind of have to give yeah. the rest all have to be gorgeous. So, mm, right? Um, anyway, so there we were with our 63 blankets eventually arriving at a tired little cloud of dust. Mm-hmm. And because um, it's there out in the plots and the farmlands. Mm-hmm. And uh, this little, um, I don't know how exactly to describe it as a weird look. Well, it's just like different. Let's not call it weird. It's just different. Mm-hmm. There was a couple of like sort of Zozo hut things. Mm-hmm. You know, those like little wood hut things. I don't know what they're called in other countries. And mm-hmm. they're like little, little flattered board. There was one little dwelling that, was it made of like tin sheets? Could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a little mm, patch there with like um, chickens and ducks and things. Mm-hmm. And I did actually mean to describe this on Facebook, but ach, you know, I'm also, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got a lot of, quite a few fish to fry. Yeah. So I didn't get round to it. So I'm actually glad of this opportunity to say because. Lee and her husband in this project, they're doing such a lovely thing there because basically what they've done is, so they've got this community that they serve, but then also they've taken some people who were living on the streets in Pretoria and outskirts, and they've identified the ones who are not using drugs or alcohol, um, you know, who haven't completely given up and just losing themselves in drugs and alcohol and who are really, really trying to to get it together. But there is a, you know, there's a sort of a now sort of opposite thing that's happening. So where the black people were previously disadvantaged, now the European descent or white people uh, Mm. are, are, are taking that. So in many ways, they don't qualify for grants that black people do but anyway let's not get into the politics but you have got this Mm -hmm. truly desperate yes level of 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 what was just poor white when i as a child is now desperate white um and so a lot of them are actually on the streets and so lee and her crowd what they do is they go and um speak amongst them she's a deeply christian uh, lady mm-hmm. and um they go and uh, sort of outreach like that and mm-hmm. then they will identify the families where really the people are trying okay but you know when you get to that point in life then it's hard to go and get a job because you haven't even got a cv Absolutely. and it's impossible for you to get a cv because you haven't even got 50 yeah. cents mm-hmm let alone 50 rand that it costs to go and hire time on a thing. Never mind that. You don't even know how to work a computer. computer. Absolutely. Because your parents couldn't even take you past standard six. So then Lee and her her people uh, have brought in, I don't know, is it half a dozen families onto their plot and given them these little, you know, with support of people around the world of, got this little thing together okay, and then she community. helps upskill them and get them a cv and oh that's amazing it, it, yeah 
but they're all white people on her little thing. Mm -hmm. But then within the wider community, um, it's not. It's, she's not only helping white children. So whoever yes, lives in that community, mm -hmm. which happens to be about 90% white still at this point, mm -hmm. well, there's nothing there for black people to go there to. That's the bottom line. Yeah. So black people no migrate to the cities into these, what we used to call squatter camps and now called informal settlements, but really yeah. call it what you will. Mm -hmm. They come to the city because there's a possibility of work. Whereas mm -hmm. for these white people out on the Maplota, mm -hmm. there is nothing for them in the city yeah. because the jobs are not for white people exactly. at this point. Okay, I see what you're saying. Right. With triple BEE, mm -hmm. no companies can afford to hire unskilled white people. Yeah. So these people are trapped on their plots with no means now of income. And if you can't even buy the seed to grow what you used to grow or feed the animal, what are you doing? Yeah. Or how do you... Okay. Yeah. So that is the picture out there. And it's a really desperate picture that is replicated all around the country. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a sort of a tragedy of, of where we have found ourselves around the world with the whole racial thing. That Estelle and I not only had to sort of feel all sorts of complexity yes. of questions. But then even when we did it, it was like this weird thing where we didn't maybe feel 100% as happy or satisfied or certain. Yes, yes, yes. I don't know how to explain it. It was just like this whole, I don't know. Yeah. It was just a difficult one. It was a difficult distribution for oh, us, okay. I've got to say. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I wasn't... Were you saying also before before you got into that that there were more than 63 children? There were supposed to be 63 children. And then we arrived and, and, and she said, look, I'm hang of a hang of a sorry, but I've only got like, what did she say? Ugh, we left 36 blankets with her. You do the math. Ah, oh, so there were less than and 63. And I had to agonize whether to trust her and leave those there mm -hmm. because you know, my policy, not Nita Square's policy, mm -hmm. let me make this extremely clear. Yeah. But my policy is if I have labored on those blankets or I have taken those blankets from what we've received from people that I know, yeah. and yeah. I know their labors, mm -hmm. and I can see in the blanket how much they've labored mm -hmm. and how much love has gone into it then I want to know for absolutely definite that it goes to a vulnerable child. Absolutely, yeah. Trying so to get now they, Lee presents us with, oh, sorry, I've only got like less than half the kids because these people on the plot, so they'll walk from one plot to lead to the neighbor, neighbor, neighbor's plot, and then there somebody has got a car. Okay. And then that car they can maybe get it on the road and then that car they've got 12 kitties piled into the back of the what we call here bucky or mm -hmm. other places like a small truck or an oz maybe they call it a Open ute van or something yeah. or something mm -hmm. okay so but now three of those vehicles failed to work on the day or the people thought um, they would have petrol but they didn't yes 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 but the blankets went. So in the end, we we gave them out. The, the pictures are there. Uh, it was the devil's own job to try and take pictures mm. that 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 give a vibe. Uh, when when it's in that sort of situation, and also I've got to say these poppy laws are making it a lot harder. But I do support them 
but not being able to uh, just take photographs freely as they're happening to make sure that the child's face is covered sufficiently that they are not recognizable but still sort of share with all of the people who are laboring and and giving so much of their resources to make it happen that they can still see what it is. You get what I mean? Yeah, and that would be the protection of private information laws that you're referring to, yeah. Which they just tightened up. I think they launched them. Are they launching them 1st July? Yes, I believe so. I think. Yeah, Yeah. which is why we have to be so careful about taking photographs of of the children. Yes, and Rhonda's been at pains Mm -hmm. to make sure that we that we you know comply absolutely so that has really really made the job that i've taken on you know completely Mm. voluntarily and with the greatest love and joy but it's made it that much more challenging absolutely and then you know we don't like to have to take the the picture the pictures afterwards and then blur the face out first of all yeah. try as i might have not been able to figure that out not with everything else is going on <laughs> and that is my like least intelligent quadrant as well so <laughs> i'm sort of doubly in the dark yeah. uh, anyhow so that was Hammond's crawl yes then lion park happened because of Hammond's crawl okay because on the way back from Hammond's crawl you pass on the highway then, all the way from north of Pretoria to us, mm-hmm. we pass right on the edge of the highway as many of these squatter camps are built because, you know, nobody wants really that land yes. or they don't love to build their house there. If yes. you have the yeah. wealth to buy that piece, a big piece of land, then mm-hmm. you don't really, you know, it's like at the bottom of your land. You don't want it. And that's where the kind of so-called squatters come in. Right. So when I was a child, I grew up somewhere in the middle there between Pretoria and me. And that highway was, you know, just a tiny little dusty sort of little road back then. But, uh, well, you know, tarred that little piece there because it was the main route then through to Krugersdorp, which is west of Johannesburg. Okay. Yes. So over the years, you know, I've watched these things mushroom and then dip slurred that that uh, the, 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 the people who follow more closely will see Amanda Kite is doing a lot in Dipslurt at the moment. Mm-hmm. That is on the left-hand side of the highway as you're going home. Yes. And it's appalling if you, if you mm-hmm. see it from there. Okay. Next time, I'm hoping somebody else will drive because you don't really want to stop on the highway there. No, no, no. Uh, but, but, but it's slightly below the highway, so you can get these oh. great pictures of this just sea. Oh, okay. Of, of, of hectic shanty town. Mm-hmm. Maybe shanty town is what yeah, good non-South Africans might relate. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so from that 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 time ago, maybe I'm talking literally like 30 years ago, when my dad was still living out on the farm, but I had long since moved to Joburg, mm-hmm. that road was the road that I used to, to, to use to get back to Randburg where I always lived, and um, I saw Lion Park starting. Now, Lion Park has the lovely name Lion Park (laughs) because there was a Lion Park there. Yes, and I visited it myself. I used to be able to hear those lions roar from my bedroom window, Mm -hmm. which as the crow flew, I'm just trying to picture it in my head, I would say 15 kilometers. Yes. Yes. Which is astonishing. But yeah. now you see my little 
my plot that I grew up on there, we used to call <laughs> it a farm. It was a euphemism, it was only 40 acres, you know. Oh, right. But any, any who, it was on, on, on the top of the rise. Yeah. And the Lion Park was, you know, like over a long sort of, sort of a valley on a, another rise, 15 k's away. Okay. So I would hear the lions roar and then cut forward 15 years, then my ex-husband Oliver and I, we had a house here in North Riding, which is also at the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. And as the crow flies is about six, seven kilometers from Lion Park. Oh. So then I'd lie in that bedroom and listen to the lions wow, roar. Yes. Mm. So it was a very, very popular tourist destination on the crossroad of where the highway was, but was just this little road. Yes. And then the road from Hartebeersport Dam and those mountains of Machalisburg into Randburg, that forms a big crossroad. Okay. And the Lion Park tourist attraction was there for decades. Yes. Decades, decades, it, decades. It, it, it now moved quite recently. It's moved out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it moved from there, but the settlement in question was like right on the edge of that, on the in the corner of that uh, four-way crossing. Okay. So now Estelle and I are driving back from Hammondskral and, you know, we're feeling a bit dissatisfied, you know, not getting that lovely warm afterglow we usually get. Yes. <laughs> At least job well done and, you know, that's 63 more kitties mm-hmm. feeling just that tiny little bit more cared for and warmer. But no, you know, we weren't feeling great and then that off ramp is the off ramp that I have to take to 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 get to back to my place mm-hmm. where Stell's car also. So as we're going there, the both of us are looking out the window and and we like shaking our heads and and I said to yeah you know what for the longest time I've wanted to get into Lion Park. Yes. But I said I don't know anybody there. And you know you can't just pitch up. Mm-mm, no. It does not work like that. You can't just walk in and say, "Yeah, I want to help you." Yeah, it's just you. You actually have to approach, like, find the leader. It's like a whole sort of respect something, mm-hmm. and not only that, but of course the safety aspect, and then also the you have to make sure that that person that you're going through isn't what we call here affectionately a skabenga. Yes. Who's yes. then going to take those blankets, ferret them into the back of the hall, rip them off the backs of all the kitties as soon as you've turned your back and sell them. Absolutely. Or whatever. Yeah. So because all of that I've seen, mm-hmm. not Nitta Square, in my time up in the village when yes. I was living in the treehouse. You know. I see. Okay. Yes. So anywho, how – so then Estelle said, yeah, but, you know, come on, let's get into there. And I said, yeah, I just really don't know how. And mm-hmm. then afterwards I thought, no, hang on a second – that Lizzie Mabena, who's the police, my local police community forum. Remember oh. when I got into Kaya Sand I here do. first? Yes, that was. Remember with last, the police, they had an open day here yes. just before lockdown mm-hmm. started. That's where I met Lizzie. Okay. So I thought, I wonder if Lion Park Settlement probably does belong to her because it's like the other side. So in a way, there's like my house, mm-hmm. which is on the outskirts of, right sort of on the edge of where it becomes like 
a, a little bit m more open stuff. And so then you've got this whole Kaisan settlement stretches for many, many kilometers. Mm. And then it virtually abuts Lion Park, actually. Oh, I see. Okay. You see, it's like we're talking about if the crow flew between me and the Kaisan settlement, mm. it's like one and a half, two Ks mm -hmm. from the bottom corner of it. Then if the crow flew from there to to this corner that I describe at Lion Park, it's probably, well, if you if you cross the whole of Kaya Sand as a crow, that would probably it's be four or five kilometers, you see, and then and then you at, at then you're at Lion Park. Mm -hmm. So really, these things all in a way become one huge big yes. thing. If you if we could get an aerial view of it, that's what you've got here. I see. Is okay. you've got about sixty thousand people mm -hmm. between me and that corner. Gee, yeah. All living like this. Unbelievable, isn't it? And I think we managed to get a couple of hundred into Kai Sand in the end before the system broke down and I couldn't mm. be sure anymore. Right. So then that's why I stopped giving there. But now, okay, this is a totally different side of it. So then I know it's going to be new kids. Yes. So then I got hold of Lizzie and said, hey, listen, do you? And she said, oh, absolutely. Talk to Godfrey. Mm -hmm. So he's like the community go-to guy. Yes. He's quite a young guy. Mm -hmm. Um. And he's strange to read, i got to say. <laughs> no, he's kind of like maybe in his 30s. And I've seen him in two different cars, but he lives in Lion Park, but okay. he works. Yes. I can see like from his business card something and he's, he's bright, articulate, you oh, know, speaks right. good English. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he does because we've always just been too busy doing what we've got to do to chew the fat, you know, yeah. uh, which is a pity because I'd love to know more about him, but Absolutely. I don't. Okay. And um, so basically, then on the edge of the the, the, the settlement is my Lizzie's crash. Right. <clears throat> and it is supported by an organization I saw on the sign. I put that up on my the first post because uh, we've been there twice. The first time I think was 73 blankets, then Thursday was 70. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, there's that there's some sign of some charity that supports her. Okay. And it's sort of tricky to know exactly. And so I would not call myself official and on, on what I'm going to say here. But my sus on these creches in these informal settlements mm -hmm. is – the parents who have any sort of a job, their kids go there. Oh, okay. The parents who don't have any job, the kids obviously don't, don't go, go there. Just to the creche, yes. But I think that those creches go a long way also towards feeding. Okay. I don't know if they feed kids outside of the kids who are in their creches. Mm. But I know that the whole thing is kind of desperate. Yeah. You know, you sort of see, sure. I would put it like this. Like 10% of the kids that you see, you can like see by the school uniform, as they call it, <laughs> uniform. Mm -hmm. um, the school uniforms, oh, they've, maybe got, they've maybe got a school shoes, <laughs> you know, maybe that's got laces. Mm -hmm. They've also maybe got some sort of a satchel on their back. That's right. 10, maybe 15% of them. Mm. They still look pretty skinny. Yeah. Um, and they don't, like, have warm... Jerseys uh, and things. Like, they don't have tights on. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They've just got their skinny little cotton school uniform. Yes. You know what I mean? And it, and, and not a school jersey. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just like whatever sure. they have. And and those are the 15, say, percent who the best off. And then it goes all the way down to you can see, oh, my God, like mm -hmm. social services should be in here taking Absolutely. these children. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. So we started on the first one with all the children in my Lizzie's crest, which was about 30 kids. And then about the balance was, was kids that Godfrey had identified yes and then if and then uh, and then with all the freaking what 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 that's going on here by me that i've had to cope with not only am i um you know jumbling up appointments with my clients which is embarrassing but i also failed to put all the comms in place um so that i had godfrey thinking that we were still going to do at three o'clock like last time but actually I had a client at four o'clock I had to get back for, so mm -hmm. I told us till two o'clock, but I hadn't told them. Okay. So, gosh, they arrived now, Still, and I now in two cars this time. Is this the second time at Lion Park? Yeah, this is last Thursday. Okay, yes. Uh, and um, to find nobody there, and then thank goodness my Lizzie, who's just the sweetest lady, who when I get as far as the time, space, and all of that, and have finished with all the dramas of my world um mm -hmm. i will um, put up a thank you darling little whatsapp she sent me mm. so she then stepped in bless her heart and got hold of godfrey but i must say you know that little old bluebird hey it stands out a bit like a thumb so it's <laughs> yes. handy because as we drove in this time everybody saw <laughs> you know there were a couple of little boys walking back from somewhere Pantomime, it was clear, like, is it our turn this time? Right, we're yes. on our way, you know. They recognized me, the car. Wow. Me this time. They knew exactly mm. who we were and what this was about. Sheesh, that's amazing. <laughs> so there were a couple of them, but uh, first of all, I, they came rushing up to the car, and I was like, hey, masks. Yes. So then they ran back to wherever their homes were. Um, and, but by then, uh, so it took about 15, 20 minutes for my Lizzie to get enough of the other kids together, but then in 10 seconds, boy, Ooh. it was just worse than last Mayhem. time. I mean, the crowd mm. outside, and it's just... As were you then in the um, in a sort of enclosure near the creche? Is yeah, that we happened? were in my Lizzie's behind her palisade fence. I see. Yeah. Wow. And you had 70 blankets to hand out. And how many children were at the creche itself that day? Well, not many. Well, first of all, I said, okay, this time you're only allowed to let five children in at a time. Right. There was absolutely no way on goodness earth. And I tell you, if we'd left it to this week, we would have been arrested for doing it. Okay. Because social distance, forget oh, yes. it. yes. And 80% of who was crushed up against the palisade wasn't wearing a mask. I just want to keep it real. Listen, my coffee's got cold, so bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> All this chattering. Anywho, darling, I mean, that's really what I have to offer. That's what it was about. I mean, so, yeah, then it, uh, I might as well mm. tell you the, the big mistake uh, I made at the end. And, and, and Estelle didn't rescue me. Uh, in time or stop me 
is Estelle had a box with her mm-hmm. that had um, uh, um, uh, beanies with hand warmers in that she like carefully matched up. Okay. That was my your microwave. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, warm coffee. Good. Um. <laughs> So, yes, and I've got electricity at the moment, which is just amazing. But, you know, it was actually quite incredible for me because here I was going through, just just for those who are interested to know, so the reason I've been going through all this trouble is because four weeks ago when I went to the state hospital in Joburg, Charlotte, Mashesha, to get my vaccination, when I came home I had water spraying out the ground because somebody from Kaya Sand squatter camp had climbed over my palisade fence mm. and cut the garden pipe at ground level mm. to get the copper pipe yes so that they could sell it for about 20 rand yes what would that be less than two dollars right yeah one dollar fifty okay mm-hmm. but it burnt out my geezer and caused endless trouble that I'm still, as we speak, the plumber didn't even arrive. He promised 9 a.m., but that's been my life. I told you when we started this. Yes. Plumber's going to interrupt us. Mm-hmm. Well, did the phone, did anything ding dong? Did my phone ring? No, <laughs> nothing, right? <laughs> so, but through all this, so, oh, and then the very next day when I went to Nitta Square to do my volunteering there, and I told the plumber, please won't you replace that pipe like urgently because they're probably going to come back any time now and of yes. course when I was at Nissa Square I came home and there was water shooting <gasps> six meters into there out, outside my kitchen door now so they'd come back the next day to take that no so pipe. that oh. has been now four weeks of trying to fix all that without even then the water mains up on the main road bursting and closing my road down for five days and ugh, all that and then no water and now muddy water and it mm-hmm. foot. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the bottom line is, is that simultaneously to this, I'm busy handing out blankets to people who don't have a flushing toilet, don't have running water, don't have bricks and mortar, yeah, don't have a fireplace, don't have gas, you know. Yeah. And I just feel like um, this privileged little white girl whinging about <laughs> my sorry lot in life and mm-hmm. I'm like you know just shut up Ath. Mm-hmm. just you know get on with it and be grateful that you've even got a telephone and that you can call a council and that they'll care and they will come yeah and hopefully they'll fix this tiny little paved lane that gets down to my house which is now falling into itself from the level of water that ate from underground <gasps> but at least i know they might at point come yes there they have nothing and it's a tricky one because you can say well you know they they brought themselves here from wherever but it's so tricky so does these thoughts occupy me a lot mm. um you were going to tell me about estelle's box of hand warmers and beanies Oh, gosh, yes, that disaster. So now she's got this box, and so she sort of indicates to me, you know, because now we've got probably 40 kids. Uh, At the end of it, it was just dreadful because we had kids inside already that I had to send outside. Yes. I had to just be absolutely ruthless. And then I, like, looked through the fence, and I 
with my eyes pulled out all the smallest, most desperate looking children. Yes. For the last like 15 blankets or so. Mm -hmm. Which of course, you know, that's very tough on the crowd and, and us. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm like, hey, the small ones first. Yes. Little ones first, yes. Little ones first. So, yeah, anyway, so at the end, there's now all these kids still standing there and a couple of mothers and it's a crowd. Okay, it's a crowd. I would say it's at least 30, 40 people. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's from, from like two years old. And now, you know, they're being pushed around the little ones as well. It's just horrific. Yeah. So it's, it's very, very difficult to do it this way, but it is what it is. Anyway, so now back to Estelle and her box of, 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 of beanies and hand warmers. So I say, ah, well, let's just, you know, give these to, to the kids. But we, you see, we'll do it. So first, she like opens. Oh, no, Godfrey was already opening the gate to let us out. This is like a last minute, quick, like two second convo. And so, like, Estelle is, I think, about to sort of start handing it out like that. No, 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 shut the gate. But the minute that the crowd realized where they were, not exactly one meter socially distant, but they were just standing relaxed, okay. slightly separate from each other. Now, of course, they start pressing with arms yes. through, the, through the bars to try and grab, get mm. themselves something. But yeah. we've only got 20 and there's like 40 or more people. Yeah. So, oh, my God, and now I'm having to shout at them, hey, stop it, get mm -hmm. back, move back, move back, get all the children. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, I won't oh. be doing that one again. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, I was just up. Oh, even it's thinking very, about it, very it feels stressed. Yeah. Mm. So then you're finally. Okay, it's a learning curve, you know, yeah. we won't do that one again. Yeah. Finally, everything oh. was finished. And then mm. do they sort of drift away then? Do they say thank you? What is the atmosphere? Uh, I'll say my Lizzie's saying to them all the time, you know, what about thank you? Mm -hmm. Say thank you. And I'm like, you know what? I got over that <laughs> when I lived in the treehouse 20 years ago. Right. Because thank you is not part of their language, really. Yeah. It's not meant for that. Okay. They they don't you see because they into Ubuntu yes and if you understand Ubuntu there's no place for thank you okay would you because like to Ubuntu, explain Ubuntu, Ubuntu says we are all equal and we're all in this mashakani you know we're all in this together right so now you've got blankets so of course you must give them to us yeah because we don't have blankets and yes. you've got blankets so okay. why must I now say thank you to you yes I see for what you must do yes. So that took me years of agony. I used to be terrible when I was up there at the treehouse doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Long, you know, this is 20 years ago. Mm. First in the village, the only first white person ever there. The children used to cry when they saw me. They thought I was a ghost. And then <laughs> I was appalling. I used to hang on to that item of clothing or whatever. And, and my poor old man, Takalani, had to explain to each child in turn that they have to send Dori Uwa, oh. which is thank you in Chivenda to me before I'll let go of this thing. That's Can sort of believe? what we would do with our children because that's the way we brought our children up. That's it's, how we teach them. Yes. You yes. can't have it till you say thank you. Mm -hmm. So just a completely different paradigm. So I'm like trying to say to my Lizzie, you know, no, don't worry. Like all I want to do is get through it as fast as possible for absolutely everybody's sake. Safe. Yeah, and safety. Because we're in a pandemic. Everybody, exactly. Mm. But in, even without the pandemic, mm. like who want, you know, the kids don't want to hang around for that. Nobody. Yeah. 
And especially yeah. when there's pushing and yeah. shoving involved. Yeah, and I mean, if you got your blanket, then what mm. are you there for? Nothing. You've got your toy, you've yeah. got your lovely beanie, whatever. Mm. You know, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, darling, that was that. Yeah, well, I mean, that you've given a very graphic picture. I, I really think I'm going to have to keep most of that in because it, it really, um, your, your, you, you convey a lot of your sort of um, emotion through what you say. And I think Thank you. Yeah, it, gets, it gets the message across. Thanks, um, Leanne. Well, I appreciate the, the platform, actually, mm. and the opportunity mm. to, to communicate with the wonderful people Without whom, I wouldn't even be getting into the little bluebird to go to the barn, let alone be able to have the privilege yeah. of yeah. of you know completing that circle of love as I always say. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, Thank so you. it's very moving work, and it's 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 um, it's complex, isn't it? It is complex. Yep. But really I is. always just kind of settle on the idea in the end that we do what we can with what we have mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. as long as we love doing that comes then the right that has place. to be enough yep. yeah and it has to be enough absolutely. because it's all we have absolutely yeah it's all we have to give with love because yes. if we give more than and we can with love then then it starts feeling like something else and that doesn't feel right either exactly if it starts to feel like a chore and you start to resent it well then it's exactly. definitely not coming from the right or place. that you've given more than you feel you can really afford to give absolutely in whichever way yeah then you're in the wrong place so i sort of try and use that as my kind of mm -hmm. guiding light because if i didn't all i'd be doing is is furiously sorry all day long. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And I do actually have to still try and earn a living in between. Yeah. I don't have the luxury of a pension, so. <sighs> labor I must, dear. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to let you go Speaking to labor. Speaking <laughs> best go to just exactly that. Yes. But thank but you so much. it's been such a pleasure to, yeah. to speak with everyone and have the opportunity to let everybody know how deeply grateful Estelle and I and all of us yes. who get to open those beautiful parcels and work with such wonderful work mm -hmm. and just feel that love when we open those parcels and the caring and it's just it's just the most heartwarming work ever. It really is, Ath, you're so right. Well, it's been great chatting to you and to all our listeners, we just... Um, Thank you for being with us and we look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks' time. So this is Leanne Hunt, casting off. You can find show notes at www.knit-a-square.com slash kas-podcast. Please tell your friends about this podcast if you've enjoyed it and you can share links on Facebook, Twitter and wherever your knitting friends congregate. Together we are bringing hope to South Africa's vulnerable children one square at a time.